Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, Uwu, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. Did you guys know that White Claws expire? What? what? <laughs> Did you know that White Claws expire? How? I don't, well, something goes wrong. Like molecularly, like you got the half-life, like they just broke down this matter? No. Is it a sterility issue? I mean, the reason I thought to myself, do White Claws expire, is because it tasted a little weird. So, you know. Mm. I couldn't say skunky, but I feel like that must be something of what's happening, right? You look in the bottom of the can, it expired in March, apparently. <laughs> no, we're playing. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a fun game of, is this still safe? Alex Finn. My dog just farted, and it is the worst smell in the world. It is vengeance for, he is just the stinkiest farts. And Samson Davis. I have critters in my spice cabinet. It's not a euphemism for anything. That's literally a thing I have to deal with now. I got old chipmunks coming into my spice cabinet. Aww. Potentially baking soda and peanut butter. What? How? How does that work? Rats and mice at least can't burp. Maybe chipmunks can also not burp. Oh. Now nah, I'm just going to trap them and chuck them out the window. Fair. You got to find how they're getting in. Oh, I know where they're getting in. My cabinet is right above a built-in microwave, so they're coming in from behind the microwave. Huh. I think you're missing an opportunity here, Samson, because you've got adorable mm-hmm. chipmunks coming into your spice cabinet. Have you considered befriending them so they can be your kitchen buddies? Just Disney princess, this bitch. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't do that because I can't sing. So that Chipmunks are tone deaf. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear them sing? <laughs> Samson, maybe you could try freestyle rapping. Maybe that would do it. Absolutely not. And... To show you how much I don't want to do that, I'm just going to go straight to the ad read. <laughs> die Hard Dice. They are a online purveyor of high-quality polyhedral dice for your TTRPG experiences. You got lots of great stuff on there now. Right now, at time of recording, they have these little mini metal dice that, like, tiny little babies just fit in the palm of your hand. <clears throat> so if you want tiny metal dice, Die Hard Dice has them now. They also have a fun little seasonal dice thing going on. So winter, autumn, those are all beautiful colors. Got dice back. They got a bunch of stuff. So go on to their website, find what you need to improve your TTRPG life or just your life in general. And when you go to check out, use our code Explorers Wanted. You'll get 10% off your order. You'll get a high quality product for a little bit cheaper. And you're helping to support the podcast. It's just a win win for everybody involved. So go do that now, please. Thank you. And they probably won't screw you over as hard as the virtual dice in Baldur's Gate 3. Those are some vicious right? dice. Right? Right. Yeah. So who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Stace. Well, fuck me. <laughs> so, no shit, there we were. In the basement of the Enclave. Or the upper basement of the Enclave. So it was the <laughs> upper basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the attic cellar. Yeah. So the crew was exploring, like, some sort of workshop room area, and boy, I can't remember who suggested it initially, but someone was like, hey, does Ezri want to check out this skull? And I was like, sure, or whatever. And when she did... Only there was an audio record of who. Oh, weird. <laughs> okay, in my defense, I was just saying that this is what Ilsen is doing in case anybody else wants to do something. That's all I said. Uh-huh. And so she did, and turns out the teeth were like stone bees, like angry stone bees. And they started attacking the shit out of Esri and team. And Ilsen had an idea to use a cipher. It was a filament cipher? 
Okay. So a bunch of like wires exploded everywhere and then they stuck around in the area for 10 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, your characters have names. Magpie and Ezri got out of the room. Cypher went off, shut the door, problem solved. And so the, the team made new problems. And went into the next room, which had an anvil, a passive aggressive anvil, by the way. <laughs> and it turns out it was how you open the doors into the secret laboratory or whatever the heck that is. And you had to hit it really hard with a hammer to get inside, which was surprisingly difficult for me slash my character to grasp. So Ezri finally hits it hard enough, doors slide open, go in this hallway, and is this where there were rooms that were, like, filled with water completely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had creatures mm-hmm. of some sort inside. I thought it was just some dude. No, that was just in the one. Oh, bear. I thought there were, like, creatures swimming in the rooms full of water. Yeah, I think we saw crabs. Something big moving, and you also saw a whole mass, like, a whole, like, moving floor of crabs coming towards your light. Right. So, continue exploring, and eventually come into a half-full room of water. And there's some, like, rando in the back corner, in the dark, being weird, who kept talking about they were going to find him. Can't escape. They'll drag you back. He was not very forthcoming beyond that. He didn't want to leave his little corner of the water, which probably means the water wasn't sanitary. But eventually, after not getting a ton of answers, they decided to leave and outran these claw creatures... Ezra hit the anvil to close it, getting assistance that she didn't need. <laughs> As the doors closed, we could see the claw creatures coming around the corner, and then we heard the doors open as the crew escaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that you guys found up there was an infirmary, apparently designed for helping weak arm syndrome. <laughs> I feel like that's a t- <laughs> I know the listeners can't hear me right now, because I'm not saying anything, but I hope they can feel me. so magpie you are climbing back and you have just heard from back in the anvil room those two doors opening again now on your climbing roll you had got it a natural 20 Mm. so what would you like to propose as a major effect that's hard why are you asking me hard questions on a thursday well i mean you're free not to take the major effect if you don't want that's that's okay with me too don't you fucking dare I mean, do we want information about the things we just escaped, or... Yeah, I think gather information. Yeah. Yeah, I would like information. Okay. So you hear the doors opening. Are you still climbing, or are you, like, waiting to get information, I guess? is like You'll, you'll still get your major effect either way. I'm just trying to figure out how to... The nature of what you're getting. I think it depends on, like, how she would view it. Like, if she's climbing and it's like, oh, I can clearly beat whatever the fuck this is, she'll, like, purposely slow down in that, like, Ashwell's kind of way of... <laughs> too slow. Since you've got a natural 20, whatever it is is not going to be able to get to you and catch you. You will definitely be able to climb out of here before they reach you. So, you take your time a little bit as you're going up and then you hear the doors close and then again you hear those steps of almost like feet with long claws clacking against the synth. And then you hear their steps accelerate and they come into view and for a moment just before you kind of emerge on the other side they're huge figures where you can see these long long arms like each arm is probably as long as 
a person is tall and not an Alex sized person, like a <laughs> Samson sized person. Your <laughs> um, average person. These figures have these long arms. You can't make out their faces, but you get the sense of massive mouths with long teeth in the shadows as their bulk starts blocking out what light was available in that area. And that's when you kind of emerge on the other side, flipping down where your companions already are in front of the sconces. And you see the first of these creatures reach out a clawed hand against this side of this sort of weird trapdoor corridor slash wall and seeming to bend as it seems to be trying to pull itself up. Do I send an Ezri? You see that part? No. You don't see it because you're not at the right angle. She sees it because she's just coming out of it. Uh-oh. She would have been blocking your view otherwise. But you might hear some kind of weird scratching sound coming from that ceiling opening. A distant one. Is it my turn? It's whatever anybody wants to do. Magpie has just gotten out. It's up to you guys what you want to do from there. Close the hatch? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. Okay, you push the male sconce back into position, and the ceiling trapdoor closes. Can everybody make me a perception roll of nine? No. no. <sighs> I got three. I got ten. Eleven. Okay. Ilson doesn't notice anything, but Magpie and Esri, you do hear that scratching in the ceiling, and it is definitely not fast, but definitely getting closer. Like, it is very much still climbing towards your trap door. All right, guys. When it gets to the door, we open it so it falls out. And then I shoot it. You guys also shoot it. I'm not sure exactly what you do in this situation. I'll stand back here and applaud your imminent victory. Imminent death, probably, but thank you. No, I think you got this. Totally believe. I was kind of hoping we had it. I can hit it with this stick. And Ilsen holds up her quarterstaff. Fights are not really my thing. That's why I use the cipher, not my stick. But the Magpie? Okay. (laughs) I imagine it's also very awkward because we're like in a kind of like crawl space hallway. So Ilsen's just kind of like in the back like, Bye. Hello. Ilsen, you can pull the sconce. Thanks. Yes. Magpie, what you got? I I mean, I guess we could hit it with this nightstick. She pulls out her very obviously stolen nightstick back from episode... Do either of you have ciphers? Well, I have this shrinky-dink one. That shrinks things? And then explodes. Like, you put it in the water and boom! Okay, new plan. I open the hatch. You throw the cipher up there. I close the hatch. It goes off. But it's not wet in there. It has to be wet? Yeah. Yeah. It basically, once it gets wet, it grows the size of a boulder. What the hell? Okay, that's not how... You, okay, so that's how it works. Anything else? I don't know what it means, but Overwatch Slayer? The Overwatch Slayer, if I remember correctly, is like a sentry device that you can activate. Mm. It runs for 28 hours, and then when it sees an enemy, it will attack them for its level worth of damage as many times as its level. That one sounds a lot more useful. So all I have is this cure-all, so if you have a plague of some sort, other than that... I can't really help. Okay, yeah, so let's use the turret. Set up the turret. Set it up right here. And it's between the cellar and the enclave. It's be- where Ezri is okay. waiting. But what about that guy in the water? I don't care. There. Yeah, it sounded like he had uh, his situation figured out, so... All right, 
So now Esri positions herself by the sconce, and she's listening, and she's ready to... Well, I guess we I guess we don't have to pull it and surprise it, do we? Well, we need mm-hmm. to pull it to open it up so we can... So it doesn't destroy the trap door. That's if you want them to come through that way, yeah. What? Daniel, was that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> come through that way? Okay. Yes, that is where we want to come through, I guess. I'm not saying they have another way in. I'm just saying... If you're, like, looking for them to have an open door to go in. Just knocking on the back door. Don't worry. I would prefer to preserve the door, I think. So she just waits until it seems like they're there. So the goal is to wait till it seems like they're there, open the door, run back to the other position, and activate the Overwatch Slayer. Well, Ezra doesn't have to activate it. Well, it's important because it's going to shoot at whoever's approaching on the other side. So if you don't want to get shot at... Oh, yeah. So here's the plan, right? Because gravity, when that door is open, goes up. So when he comes, or it, comes out through the door, hoping for a fall or a chance to kick it. And then, yes, Ezri will scamper back to the turret for activation. Okay. And so then Ilsen on Magpie are on the far side of this corridor, like, ready to activate it when Ezri gets past. I guess so, if Ezri is on the sconce, right? Yeah. I think that's where we settled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ezri, mm-hmm. you're by the sconce. You hear claws in the ceiling, distant, but getting closer. Sometimes you hear something, almost like breath, but like breath that's too close. And then finally, you hear a halfway close scratch. And then, at the trap door... It's knocking? It doesn't sound like polite knocking, but it's something is knocking against the door. And then... Okay, so Esri will pull the sconce, and Audible, she's going to open the other sconce. Okay, so they're not directly... Oh, they're not directly above? Damn. That would have been cool. Never mind. (laughs) Same plan. Okay, so you open the sconce. Are you doing something like have it stay held open? Just long enough for it to fall through. Hopefully. Okay. So you tug the sconce, and I imagine you'd like tug the sconce and then you just book it, right? She's going to get an attack in on this thing. Okay. You hold the sconce. You see the trap door open. Nothing comes out. You can't see anything but that opening. You'll cl- close it. She like looks over her shoulder at Magpie and Nilsen and like shrugs. I don't know. You shrug back. You close it. Does it sound like it's coming from the top trapdoor or the bottom one? The top. Maybe it can't come in if it's not invited. Why would we invite it? Why wouldn't it come in? It's invisible or something. We still have this rope. Um, oh boy. We still have this rope, so what if we tied this overwatch layer to the rope, pulled the sconce, and then just kind of let the uh, turret go up there, close it, and then just let the turret work its magic in the dark? That's a good one to keep in our pocket. I mean, would it be reasonable to walk away? This time, Esri, as this happens, you can see the vibration of force against the trapdoor in the ceiling. I'm going to try something. So Esri gets her shotgun ready, pulls the sconce, and fires a shot up into the shaft. Hopefully the shaft of the creature, and not just the shaft of the shaft. (laughs) How many shafts? 
I don't know if you know that much about their anatomy at this point. But, um, <laughs> There's got a shaft in there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So you pull the sconce and you fire the shotgun directly up into that yeah. opening, right? There is an echo of the shotgun blast, but you don't see anything. But as you strain your ears in the after the tail of that shotgun blast, you hear... She punches the air around her ear. It looks very weird to the rest of you. It's like she found a bee in her ear or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something's fucking with me, guys. All right, you pervert. You see something you think in the shadows move just slightly. Esri runs back to the Overwatch turret and says, now. Leaving the sconce open. Oh, she sees it not in, like, the hallway. It's in the... Yeah, it's in the trap door still. It's something up there. It's something moving in the shadows. Ooh, she shoots again. Okay. Give me an 18. Okay. Uh, that's a lot. You want my feedback? Um, I'm going to use the level of effort to make it a, a 15. It's a good old-fashioned onezo. Oh, no. That's not what we need right now. I don't know. I didn't think the situation was dire enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about now, Stace? <laughs> Can everybody roll initiative for me? Oh, fuck. Oh. 11. Not nat 20. 16. Okay. So what's about to happen is for sure going to be a big surprise for Esri. Rude. After this happens to Esri... Then Magpie will go, and we can then talk about a major effect for Magpie's initiative roll. But first, a long clawed arm swings down so fast it's almost a blur. Claws reaching towards Esri. Esri, please make a 21 speed defense roll, because you are very surprised by this. Oh, sure. Let me make that possible here. (laughs) Uh, three? Okay. You will take six damage as these claws dig into you. Armor will help. Good. And you are grabbed, and you can definitely feel it is about to try to yank you back up. Ezri knows what to do. Oh, okay. She's going to go, like, full spread eagle. <laughs> uh, okay. She's stick out her arms and legs so she can't be pulled up. Okay. I'm going to give you an asset because of the approach that you're taking. So this is a 15 and because she's big? I'm not going to like grant bigness to your... She breaks furniture. I feel like that's a negative. So why can't she have a positive? <laughs> 16. Did that work? Yes, it did. It tries to yank you. You managed to hold yourself on the edge as it's trying to pull you through. You still can't see anything clearly. Its bulk is blocking out the light above. And you're so close to the entrance that there's no light really getting past you. Because as you brought up, you're you're big. You're bulky. So something in darkness and claws is dragging you towards something else, but you can hear that breath and you can smell that hot, almost skunky breath. It's gross. Now it is Magpie's turn. Magpie, you are technically top of the round in initiative. You also get a major effect with your initiative roll. That's what it says. It's got me. (laughs) (laughs) 
deadpan, super calm as she's being dragged up. I'm oh trouble. no! I feel like with Esri's good advice so far, she'd be just like, hand. <laughs> <laughs> Big hands. You super grabbed me. Maybe we should do something about that. I don't know. As she's dragged into the ceiling. Ah, oh, golly gee. Uh, hmm. A major effect that we could use. By the way, you're also free to do major effects that aren't in your favor if you think it would be fun. I know. Or, or, or Ezri could fall off the claws. Like, just think about it. But any whoozle doozle whistle. Sisk. It's a throwing weapon, I believe. Okay. So we could Xena Warrior Princess into the claws to have Barbie dropped, right? Just throw it like Sailor Moon's tiara. Hit him in the hands. Drop the Ezri, yeah? Uh, yeah, I would give you some major assets if that's what you want to be able to do or something like that, because that's a cool idea. Awesome. Okay, so I'm trying to hit something fairly specific without hitting Ezri. Mm. So I think that's initially a hindrance, but with your major effect and for the creativity of like doing this, I think I'm going to make it. Hell yeah. So that brings it down to a 15 speed roll. Okay. Pulls off. I'm trying to decide if I want to raw dog this roll or no. It's a tough choice. What are you those points for? It's not like there's a, you know, something that's probably a level six creature waiting for you up there. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Actually, two of, of them. They fucking better not be, Daniel. Well, there might probably, like, 99% is. What do you think is grabbing you right now? I was hoping, like, a level two. Nah, nah. But think of all the XP we could get if we managed to murder them so good. Imagine. If I was the kind of cheesy editor that did this... I would splice in that Mission Impossible moment where Tom Cruise says to the crew, like, relax, it's much worse than you think. <laughs> <laughs> what? Would this be a might roll? Speed. speed. For sure speed. Ooh, I have an edge in speed. That's a stretch <laughs> I'm going to use a level of effort because I think that's all we can use at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Like, not being able to do shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's now 12 for you. Okay. I got 16. Okay. You definitely hit one of these fingers. Fingy. Black Icarus blood splashes from that finger against the wall. As it hits the wall, it steams. As the blood hits Ezri's side, it burns. Ezri, please make an 18 might defense. Oh. (laughs) Five? Is that good? <laughs> okay, you'll take three damage from this hot, steaming blood hitting you. What about armor? Armor will help you with Thank something God. like this. Okay. And you are dropped on the ground. Oh, good. Good, good. You can see up there in the shadows just the faintest suggestion of a massive head with sharp teeth glittering in the reflections of light. You can't really see anything else about its features, just the reflection of light against its teeth, of which there are far too many, and each one is in the shape of a needle. He shoots it in the face. Okay. Hopefully. 18, please. 11. Okay. So now I'd like to use Sweet of Foot. Okay. So, hold off. It actually wasn't your turn yet. Oh, I thought I went after Magpie. No, the monsters go after Magpie. Oh my god! (laughs) You've taken that damage from it. You have been dropped, but the monster's gonna go, so it's gonna swing another arm at you. 
This is going to be an 18 teen speed defense. And you're hindered because you're prone right now. Can I emotionally support her to give her an asset? No, because you already did your turn. Oh, come on. Emotional support is everlasting. How high off the ground is the turret? I think it's like a six foot tall turret that you set up. Like once you expand it out, like it's like this, the height of a person. Oh, as he's on the ground? Yes. But the turret is not right next to you. The turret was a ways yeah. back from my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, does it, uh, is it articulated? The turret? Yeah. Yeah, you get the impression it has a lot of flexibility in the way it fires. Okay, never mind. Disregard. 11 again? Ooh. Starbucks. Kiss it for luck. This hand comes down. You're definitely going to take the six damage from claws again. Aww. But your armor helps with it. But this time, since you know what's happening, I'm going to give you an 18 might defense to avoid getting grabbed. <laughs> Ezra's in a bad spot. <laughs> ah, four. Okay, you're now grabbed by the hand again. Uh, <laughs> awesome. They grabbed me again. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't have time to pull you back yet. Hey, guys, I can use some help over here whenever you get the chance. <laughs> so, Ezra, it's now your turn. Like, so initially you had done something where you took a shot. We didn't resolve that completely because... Well, the situation's changed. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to do something different, you can now. Because this is when your turn would be. Shoot it in the hand. <laughs> it's like wrapped around your midsection. <laughs> it's, it's fine. No, Ezri is going to attempt to free herself. It's wrapped around her midsection? Yeah. It's a solid hold. Supporting the butt. With like claws digging in. Yeah, that sucks. Like an ocean spray juicy. Weezed like a juice box. Ezri would like to, as hard as she can, dig her hands into its wrist to try and get it to let go, like, through pressure points. Okay, so this will be 18 might, unless you have something you can argue as a skill to assist you. A melee attack? It's essentially a melee attack, Do I want to die today? I will use aggression to give me an asset on melee. Is aggression an action to activate? It's an enabler. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah, 15. Okay. It does let you go. Great. Fleet of foot. She's going to run back to the turret and say, turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up is Samson. I was about to say good boy Samson or best boy Samson. And then I was going to try to do it with your character, but that didn't work for your character. And so I floundered for a moment. Uh, good girl, Sen, is going to get ready to activate the turret, but she's going to wait until she actually sees the thing come out of the shaft. Okay. So holding my action, so to speak. Okay, that's fair. Can you hold an action to the next turn or next round? We can say that. I mean, holding an action isn't really a thing. Honestly, one thing I think we'll start doing is we'll start actually doing initiative the cipher way. Ooh. Just because I, it does make sense, and I think it's fun from a tactical standpoint. We sort of play fast and loose with like holding. We use a lot of D and D terms for the things that I let you do. But really, like in Cypher, the way it should work is you either beat the enemy's initiative, in which case you're ahead of them, <laughs> or you're not. But within the like two classes of groups, whether they're the people that beat the initiative or lost the initiative, you guys can choose to do whatever you want to do in whatever order. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So basically like a little mini popcorn initiative for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the same thing for the enemies when there's multiple enemies, that kind of thing. Yeah, so if the en- there's a multiple enemy, all that's really important is who beat the enemies mm-hmm. and where they sit against them. Okay. That tells me what group you're in. So you can, like, tactically set each other up 
as long as you keep in mind that same thing applies. If a character's already took their turn to do something because they made to, they can't change their turn right. to say, oh, I'm helping you with this instead. Okay. Then for now, can I ready the turret to be fired once Ilsen sees the uh, creature? Yeah, I'm, that's totally fair. Excellent. That's what I do. Okay. Next up is Magpie. You so see, you freed Esri. Esri got grabbed again. Esri freed herself and then ran back towards the turret where you guys are. You have seen that this monster has dropped her, but other than that, that's where you're at right now. So, with Magpie's knowledge, would she be able to tell if the turret could shoot up there where the monster is? Not from this angle, but you know if you turned on the turret right now, anything that, like, comes into range would get fired upon. But, like, there's also the idea that, like, once you turn it on, you can't really, like, turn it off. So if you guys cross the boundary, cross the plane into where that the threat zone is, it will start shooting at you guys, too. That's kind of what's stopping me from wanting to turn on the turret, because certain people have been grabbed twice. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. and that would bring them back across the boundary. And then they'd get a turret to the back. Yeah. What level was your Overwatch Slayer, by the way? Does it say? Seven. Yes, so it fires for seven damage, and it will fire seven times. Yeah, and that would maybe, unfortunately, end certain people's storylines, should they get that in the back. Mm -hmm. Just saying. More than enough to kill El Sen, even at full health. Yeah, it's a ridiculously strong thing. Now, admittedly, it can only fire at one thing every turn, so there's a chance... Like, if there are three figures in there, you have a 30% chance that it hits you. Or a 33% chance. Daniel, are you trying to convince me to do a murder? I'm not saying anything. I'm thinking, I'm just I'm just trying to provide reasoning for, for Ilsen. It's, it's still like, you know, 66.6 repeating percent chance of survival. Is the arm still out of the portal, though? Like, of the little trapdoor? Or is the arm withdrawn into the darkness? The arm is just barely outside of it. It was definitely being like pulled back in pain because Ezri did something like pressure point wise and that shit doesn't go away as soon as you no, stop. It, like, it, it sticks around for a little bit. How close is the magpie to the dude's gone? You're a ways away. I think you and Ilsen are back by the, the turret. So it's probably a short distance over to the sconce. What would the role be to sisk the man's sconce in the dangle to close it? Interesting. So you have more than one sisk? Well, doesn't it come back like in Xena? Yeah, actually, it's more fun that way. Let's say it's like that, the Predator Sisk kind of thing where it comes flying back after. I have no idea what that actual weapon is called. Is it actually a Sisk? Or is it like the the Glaive and Crawl? (laughs) You mean the Glaive, quote unquote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Googling this. So, yeah, we can say it came back to you. Yay! Plus, I hate having to do, like, retrievable weapons, like arrows and shit. Fuck those retrievable weapons. If it ain't a boomerang, I don't want it. Um, yeah, I would like... What would that kind of roll be? Because it's... It's not moving. So you're trying to hit the hand again? Oh, you're trying to hit the sconce. The sconce is definitely stationary. Mm -hmm. It's a short... I I would say this is probably uh, a nine to start, just because it's not a huge target. I'm gonna do it. Keep in mind, we're trying to kill these guys. We're not just trying to, like, run away well, from them. Well, in theory, if the trapdoor... Are you sure? Yeah, like, aren't they level six? Weren't this... Wasn't somebody heavily hinting at that fact? That they're way... That they would TPK us? 
Uh, but we also have a level seven cipher that's gonna at least take one of them out. Maybe. They have to come out of the hole. And remember, it only fires that seven once around. So you gotta think about how long it takes it to walk through all that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're like not far enough away for it to not get to us in one round. I mean, it's up to you. It's not like they're going to, like, magically bypass the weapon altogether. They're definitely going to get hit at minimum once, if not more. Yes. Especially once the turret decides they're a target. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just was very concerned about how squishy we are. Well, I think if we do manage to get it out of the shaft, we can spend most of our time just, like, keeping it back. Like, you throwing your cisk at its feet instead of at it. So it Mm -hmm. forcing it to stop, stuff like that. I was hoping to honestly cut off the hand by closing the trapdoor on it. And, you know, maiming. Mm-hmm. And we'll just play like red light, green light, open, close, open, close, like an asshole. <laughs> so do you want to throw it at the sconce? Is that what you're yes. doing? Because I don't think I have a way to pull one of them out. Okay, so it's a nine. Thirteen. Your sis goes flying out and hits the sconce. The trapdoor slams for a moment. It seems like the hand and the trapdoor are just going to be jammed there. And then you begin to hear bones breaking and flesh tearing. And one massive clawed hand falls to the floor as the trapdoor closes. And you hear from a distance that bellow. And uh, that hand falls to the floor. So that's Magpie's turn. The hand hops up on its little clawed fingies. Are you fucking kidding? And it begins skittering towards you guys. It's only going to be able to get a short distance, so it takes it a short distance to get up to you guys. Now it is Ezra's turn. This big clawed hand that has been detached from an arm is here with you guys. What would you like to do? Ezra's going to smash it with her hammer. Okay. I'm going to say this is, it's just the hand, so it doesn't have the most amazing situational awareness shall we say but it is fast and disturbing so I'm going to make it a 12 to hit okay aggression makes that a 9 okay and then I'm going to put a level of effort into damage okay 15 you hit it how much damage is your sledge it's a heavy weapon I know I don't know if you have anything extra with it because of aggression or whatever it does 7 7 plus the 3 from your oh yeah effort 10 okay you slam this hand to the ground and you guys can hear bones breaking and then almost like you popped a balloon this steaming black blood bursts all around you oops can everybody make me an 18 my defense roll Ugh. Ugh. this is why it's been a lot of effort to keep it an 18 because uh hindered with aggression I'm going to spend a level of effort to make it a 15. Wait, so. no. I can end aggression whenever I want. It's ended. Disregard. 14. 17 for Olsen. I'm going to use a level. I got a 15. Hey, bye. You're good. Um, Esri, you will take another three of this sort of burning acid damage. <laughs> the armor helps you. Got it. You hear one last, like, violent and wet. And then silence. In the hallway. So plan B, we keep the trapdoor closed. You're now out of initiative. I had a good idea. So what now? I mean, we can't just keep that thing up there. I'm just going to put the turret back in my pocket. It was super confusing, like, the way the extensions worked. None of it was, like, factory standard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very complicated puzzle. Like, it's, it's definitely, like, one of those brain teaser puzzles to fold it back up. It's like trying to fold 
a paper Rand McNally map while you're driving alone on the highway. Oh. <laughs> I found it at a place called Ica. It had a very weird name with dots on it. Apparently can't come through the trap door. Well, has it tried? Should we inspect the hands after it's been smashed? I mean, they were really strong. Why wouldn't they just break the door? Maybe they didn't have a reason to until now. I wonder if they think now they have pests in their attic basement. Maybe we're squatters all along. We are literally squatters. I know. And they've realized it. (gasps) What if they're trying to fix the place up to sell? Well, I'm going to keep watch. I would appreciate it if you left the turret. I probably had just gotten it folded back up. (laughs) It's like halfway to the backpack and she's like... Her forehead is like beaded with sweat from the effort of like trying to get Mm. this thing to go back together. She's going to sigh heavily and just like drop the turret on the floor like... (laughs) It is easier to unfold. She drops it and it starts flicking into position. Like it clearly wasn't folded 100% right. Like a pop-up tent. Yeah, it's like a pop-up. It's almost dangerous how quickly it flips into position. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what do you want me to tell uh, the rest of the Enclave? Do you want to start like a shift rotation for this watch? By the way, you're not allowed to say I'm not generous anymore. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we can. We can absolutely say that. Really? You guys have done a lot of exploration lately. I think you guys each get four XP. For a second, I was like, is Daniel being a character? <laughs> <laughs> What do I want to do? More effort or more points? I think edge. I think edge is probably like yeah. You should do an edge. Such an early. That's so boring, guys. Sorry, sorry. It's so it's so great to not have to pay for your abilities, though. It is. I'm edging. I'm gonna hold off for a second just in case Dan wants to throw a left hook right right after we spend our XP. Okay, so Samson's literally edging. Okay. Did we investigate the hand? I don't think anybody did. Magpie would like to investigate the hand. The hand has six fingers and a thumb. The fingers are long, triple jointed. Each claw is about an inch and a half in length, curved and sharp. The blood, even after this separation, seems to still be highly acidic. It is steaming where it has fallen on the floor. Magpie is going to very carefully... First put on gloves, and then then give what is approximately the middle finger to Ilsen with the severed hand. Uh, Ilsen's not there anymore. Uh, Ilsen has gone off to talk to the Enclave. Damn. She's going to very carefully carry it back with her and look in their okay. storage room for an empty container. Don't take that in there. I just want to put it somewhere. What if the, what if the cat eats, gets near it? I mean, bring the box out here. What if it gets up again? Then it'll be by me, and I can smash it again. Fair. She throws it on the ground and goes to get a box to put it in. There is a moment where it hits the ground. It almost, like, involuntarily spasms a little bit. It's quite a shock, but then it doesn't move any further. So Magpie is heading out. Esri is hanging out by the turret, right? Yeah. Ilson, you emerge from the crawl space back into the enclave. Tibu, Tibu's your second in command? Yeah. All right. Sure, second. Uh, <laughs> suddenly remember Tibu's current... Uh, mood. Mood. Ilsen will find her and then very tentatively... She's knitting. Hey, Tibu, um, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I, uh, b- back, to, back to work. Okay. I am so pitiful. 
Spit it out, Ilson. You have strange creatures living in your basement attic that almost killed Ezri. She's fine right now, but there's probably got to be... They almost killed her? Uh, got pretty close. She drops her knitting stuff like, okay, then we need to move, right? That's fucked up. I, that's not a bad idea, but, uh, Ezri is gonna have to be the final decision on that, I think. You say that, and you have a moment just with her eyes, not much else the facial expression, you realize for just a moment, that was the absolute wrong thing to say. (laughs) And she says, just a moment, Ilsa. She looks like she's counting to ten in her head. Where is Ezri? Ilsen will tell her where Ezri is, and then also just give a brief, like, summary, like, probably as we're walking there. Tifu's not walking with you anywhere right now. Oh, okay. She wants answers from you. Okay, great. Yep, yeah, all right. So you're telling me Ezri almost died, and now Ezri is sitting right where she almost died and sent you back here. To be fair to Ezri, she is much more combat-capable than I am at any point. You just said she almost died. Uh, yes. Listen, I don't know much about you, <laughs> and I don't know what background you're coming from, but you just came and told me my best friend, the person who saved me, and because of that, I will always be here to help them, that they almost died, and rather than coming back here to help us, to help everyone that depends on her, that she's still out there, and you left her there. (laughs) I... That is all true, but I feel like you're framing it in a very, like, negative way. Oh, it's the framing. Yes. It's, it's the framing that's the problem. Okay. Uh, yes, because I she is protecting the Enclave from whatever creatures you have in your basement attic. And and who's protecting her? Um, I believe a turret. And, well, Magpie was there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to call that protection, but you know, wild card. Wow, okay. Ilsen, I do not have time for that shit right now. Where is she exactly? Ilsen will tell her exactly where she is in the wall. Okay. Do me a favor. Find something useful to do. Go around to everyone. Tell them to start packing up. Okay. I will do that. And she starts striding off away from you towards the crawl space. I'm very sorry, Pebbles. I think I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ilsen is telling everyone what Tibu said. Tell everyone in the Enclave what Tibu said. Very clear on that, because she doesn't want to fuck up with the chain of command here to pack up. Yep. So that's what they'll send us. Okay. When you stop by Yasmin and you say it, she nods her head slowly. Okay. And then she turns her back and starts slowly gathering her things. And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh, fuck. Stay something about this episode. Tibu's energy? Like, I'm not sure who she's mad at. Um... I'm afraid it's Ezri. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yeah, wow. That could have gone bad, huh? It could have gone worse. <laughs> it's for sure. You wanted to fight them. I, I did. I did. I think we could have taken out at least one. We could have gone No, we could not have. I'll tell you something. You guys avoided the two worst scenarios that I was anticipating as possibilities for this. Oh, good. Good for us. I blame all the Baldur's Gate. Uh, what were those scenarios exactly? What was that? What were those scenarios exactly? In detail? Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear uh, you. The, uh, scenarios? The things? What were those exactly? 
Oh, it must, it must be your accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the 4XP. Thank you, Daniel. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, NXP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is my turn, and I will offer you all an XP if you watch The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. It's spooky season, and so why not watch a really good horror miniseries? I was actually shocked that I had not recommended any other of this director's series on Netflix in the past. I remember really loving Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass, as well as The Midnight Club. But I was shocked to find out I didn't have them in previous player intrusions. So really good horror director. Haunting on Hill House was probably the first time that I'd heard of them. It's a great horror series. It has very little to do with the book. The book is amazing as well, but it's completely different. It's just sort of drawing on some of the source material from it, as opposed to it being like a retelling of that same story. Is the story of a family of people who they flip houses, essentially, and they move into this mansion, Hill House for what's intended to be like eight weeks to fix it up and flip it. And the problem is, is that the house has a dark history and they're not really alone in the house. And as is very clear from the opening of both the series and the book, Hill House, not sane, stands silently. And it's the story of this family when they move in, both from when they're kids, as well as all the things that happen to them later in life. because. When they were kids, they have a scary night where they, they've been seeing things the whole time. They have one night where their dad comes and collects them all and has them leave. Their mother dies in the house that night, and none of them really has the whole story. And it all comes back to when they're adults again, and the house decides it isn't finished with them. It's really good. Some of the most amazing jump scares I've ever seen on television. Alex is not. I know she's seen it as well brilliant writing these families relationships are so like beautiful and sad and there's some monologues in this series that are just feasts for an actor and they did a great job of giving each actor that moment to shine to the point where it doesn't feel like a monologue you're just completely gripped in everything that they're saying really creepy really scary at the same time really beautiful shot really well the jumping between time the transitions are so amazing and seamless and it's not confusing there's like one scene where the actors are doing an 18 minute single take. Oh, fuck. It is so freaking amazing. So good. But yeah, Haunting of Hill House, really good. Director's done other stuff. Haunting of Bly Manor is their series that I have not seen. It's pretty good. They've also done some movies and things like that. Midnight Mass is really good. And the forthcoming Fall of the House of Usher, which is like retelling of a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe tales, but all centered around a crime family of Usher. Hmm. All right. So I'm excited about that as well. But Haunting of Hill House. I, Alex, I mean, I, you're nodding along. Obviously, the listeners can't hear that, <laughs> but give you a chance to chime in, too. Well, from what I remember, it's horror, but it's not the gory horror that I've come to dislike in my old age. Right. It's all like dread, creep. And then the respectful amount of jump scares. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. It's 10 episodes. Really, really incredible writing. Really incredible acting. Great cinematography. Cannot recommend it highly enough, especially for Halloween times. You will enjoy the Bly Manor one, Daniel. Okay. I'm excited about that. Oh, I will say Haunting a Hill House, just so people know, 
I'm a huge wimp when it comes to horror stuff. And my wife and I tried to watch Haunting of Hill House. And during the co- what I am for certain things, the opening of Haunting of Hill House has a kid being haunted by a bent neck lady. Uh. And because it was a young kid, my wife and I were both like, nope, and back <laughs> out for like, until I came back to it, like, you know, a month and a half later. Well, if people want to tell us what they think of The Haunting of Hill House or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, they can come to our website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, they will see our socials that we're using at the moment. On Mastodon, we are at explorerswanted at dice.camp. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at explorerswantedpodcast. But the best place to hang out with us is to come to our Discord, explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. We just got a bunch of new people, which is great. Love it. Glad everyone's here. Mm-hmm. Also, if you are feeling generous and it is within your means, patreon.com slash explorerswanted. Best place to do that. Also, use our Dice Philly code, DieHardDice, 10% off when you type in explorerswanted at checkout. Yeah, and if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. Best thing you can do for us. Tell your friends, tell them what you like about the podcast. and why they should listen to it. Second best thing is to leave us a five-star written review. It really helps new audiences find us as there's so many actual play podcasts and somebody's just like doing a search. It's so hard to figure out what they want to listen to first. So those reviews do make a big difference for us. So we appreciate everyone who does that. And if you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was meh, well, you know, the hardest thing about writing these horror outros is deciding how often to include elements that will make Samson thirsty. <laughs> but I think I finally solved the equation <laughs> through science. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord sometimes. I'm Stace Windu. You didn't even say how. You edged me, you motherfucker. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. I think we're just all constantly thirsty sometimes, you know? I'm tea with a unicorn on, well, Instagram, threads, and Twitch when I finally reinstall everything on this new computer. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.